The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, 609 South Main Street. Randall and the gang, best haircut in town. I was there earlier this week, or I guess it had been last week. Not early this week because it's the start of the week. You can't be somewhere at the start of the week. It doesn't work like that. 609 South Main here in Stillwater is the first haircut I got. And, um, I said it's a new year. I was, I was looking rough. I was looking scraggly, uh, in and out. 20, 25 minutes. Randall is an absolute wizard uh, with the scissors. It, it's going to be the best haircut that you get in town. I know we've been talking about it here on the podcast, but you got to check them out. 609 South Main Street. Give them a call, 405-269-8590. You can book appointments online at downtownbarbershops.com. They do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts, military haircuts, razor fades, and mustache and beard trims. I know Marshall, anytime he goes in there, he takes advantage of those beard trims. And uh, Ryan Breeden, I'm sure when he goes in, he's going to get a buzz cut. <laughs> Never, he says. Uh, but you can give him a call again. That's 405-269-8590. They're located at 609 South Main Street here in Stillwater. Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast here on PokesReport.com. This is Zach Lancaster. I got Marshall Levinson and Ryan Breeden with me. I almost introduced my radio show. You, you catch that? I had to yeah. pause there for a second. You're on Triple Play Sports Radio and Pokesport.com. Um, it has been a while, boys. Life happens. Yeah. People get sick. You know, work happens. You get anxious. You get anxious. Well, I've you know, been very much you've, for that you've, you've been through it. Yes. You know? Um, but a lot's happened, and that's why I kind of regret not doing one for a while. We've had a lot of football games. We had a Big 12 championship appearance. We had a Bedlam win. We had a, a, a New Year's Six win over a top three historic program all time, which is funny because I want to actually want to kind of get your thoughts on this because uh, we haven't talked about it since uh, Levi brought it up on our show what? shortly after. the. Uh, I think it was, it was right after uh, Brian Kelly left, talking about how – um, LSU was a downgrade from Notre Dame. <laughs> so it was like, what, oh, yeah, are, what think, are we talking about? I think you may have mentioned that to me yeah. that Levi said that, yeah, which Levi. is the stupidest comment ever. Well, well yeah. They, they they pay a lot more well, in the SEC. Yeah, and they um, win a lot. Uh, but a, lot, a lot's happened. Pay a lot more to the coaches and the players. Yeah, a lot's happened. You know, we've had uh, we had basketball season. We've started uh, softball season. We've started baseball season. Uh, Oklahoma State as eventually cl- uh, today, which would be Sunday, the February twentieth. They clinched the uh, series uh, season opener series against Vanderbilt. And I know we're going to talk football on the road, first, but I am so that's excited huge. To get to baseball. That's a huge. So that's a excited. huge win. That's my domain for everyone. Yeah, that's follow a, me on Twitter at Ryan eighty eight Breeden. I got you for baseball. Shameless. That's a that's a huge win uh, for Oklahoma State. You know, a lot of people are pretty hyped about this team going in, and that's that's one way to uh, to kind of continue that hype. So. Uh, Big Bedlam win today as well. Oklahoma State taking uh, taking care of OU. That was a, a rather so nerve wracking come from some, behind. Some absences, but they were able to at least keep the streak going of yeah. Bedlam wins. 18, 18, 16 there. So kudos to them. But I want to start off talking football uh, because we are now officially, officially into like Rob Glass off season workouts. Uh, we've had a couple of articles up on Pokes Report. We have the the spring schedule we put out. Uh, which was included in like the the first um, stadium stair. You should try one of those, by the way. Uh, I did them in high school, probably before you were born. Um, <laughs> Back in I can I can live without them. Yeah, they're not fun, are they? I can live without. When when were you born? Two thousand one. No, so it would have been when you were definitely less than five. Okay, definitely less than five when I did stadiums. Uh, I hate them. I didn't like them in high school, and we had a tiny stadium. I would die doing this. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard pass. Um, but it's fun. You know, it's uh, it's it's one of those things where you've had, what, month and a half off? You know, I'm, I'm sure there were workouts. I'm sure, you know, you showed up in the gym and you, you maybe did a little running. But they're getting back into it. We got spring footballs right around the corner. We got a lot of new guys on campus right now. I know Marshall's excited about a few of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm excited about some freshmen because I, I think we'll see – I don't know if it'll be on a scale like 21 where we had to have an insane amount of freshmen play on, especially the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. But I think that 
I think we'll certainly see some. Um, but for me, the transfers from JUCO are the guys that I think I'm most looking forward to seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you mentioned, I don't think we'll need need to see them, but I think we will get to see them necessarily. Because yeah. um, I think that there are going to be some that crack playing time, and it's not, I don't think it's going to necessarily be because other guys are – like, there's not depth at certain positions. I just think there's going to be some guys that are going to be really good. Um, but I think, like you like you just mentioned, those Juco guys, there's especially, specifically two of them that I think will step in and be day one starters. And then there's a third of the Juco with Saleti Feveliki, who I don't necessarily know if he'll be a starter, but he'll, because defensive line. I think he'll contribute. No, no. I, I With sure. defensive line, I don't necessarily know that there's starters. Because there's so many of them and they just well, rotate. There's, there's guys that are on the field at the start of the game. Yeah, but I don't necessarily but I, I, count I, yeah, that's, starters I, I, I'm, I'm as guys you. who are just on the field first. If there's a rot- if it's a rotation position, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Like there's yeah. for, for the defensive line, it's guys yeah. that are on the field for the first play, and then guys that are on the field for the second play. Yeah, and so I think he will be one of those guys that's out there quite a bit, but I don't necessarily know that he's the starter right. at defensive tackle. Um, but I mean, you got Tyron Weber at one of the tackle positions, and then, or at least most likely starting at one of the tackle positions, and then on defense at linebacker, you've got Xavier Benson, who should step in right right away for Malcolm um, Rodriguez. So, um, and then I mean, there's also not even just freshmen that are coming into play or transfers, however you want to. Call it. There's also just going to be plenty of young guys on the roster that we'll be seeing for the first time, or at least the first time in in length, um, especially in the secondary. So um, we'll be over the next couple weeks and months as spring ball goes. We'll be talking about a lot of them, I'm sure, um, and everything we see from them. And then the spring game obviously will be will be big to get a lot of those guys' experience, but. Actually, I don't know if anyone knows this, and I'm working on, by the time this comes out, it, this won't really be an issue, but um, working on putting up a story for this. Um, but Ollie Gordon is now on campus. Mm-hmm. So he will start class March 7th, but I think he moved in today. See, and that, that to me, uh, that's the biggest. I, I think that's one of the bigger ones. Obviously, having the JUCO guys here is massive. Yeah. Because uh, I, I think Xavier Benson, out of out of all the guys that, that were brought in in 22, mm-hmm. I think Xavier Benson has the chance to, to be the best. I, I think he has a chance, right off the bat, rather. not Maybe not overall, but I think that he has the chance to, to make the biggest impact because he has D1 experience, the Power 5 experience, and then he was a JUCO All-American. So, to me, and what's I think what's important about the pickup of – Xavier Benson and Tyrone Weber mm-hmm. is Oklahoma State's landed JUCO players before. You know, you look at DQ Osborne, um, you look at um, Lamont Bishop. You know, I mean, there's yep, guys that yep. there's guys that Oklahoma State has landed, but they're guys that have needed at least one season to develop and kind of figure out. Guys like Xavier Benson and Tyrone Weber traditionally go to, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to say this like like hurtfully or hatefully or disrespectfully or anything like that. Oklahoma State doesn't typically land JUCO players like Xavier Benson and Tyrone Weber. Mm-hmm. Those guys typically go to an OU, an Alabama, an A&M. They're going to go to big programs, and they're going to contribute immediately. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State landed those two guys. So I think I think Tyrone Weber might have a bigger learning curve than Xavier Benson because the difference between JUCO often, even though he's a, even though he's an All-American and a national champion. Well, I mean, champion, also, Xavier also has pl- already played in the Big 12. that's what I'm saying. He was at Texas Tech and yeah. started as a freshman. So, I mean, he'll be probably a little bit more used to it, but I think both will be starters right away. Um, and, obviously, both of them got here in January, so they've got the whole spring, the whole summer, and then all the fall camp that they'll be preparing for that. Um but, yeah, I mean, in most years, you would probably say – now, I I do think that because of the offensive line attrition that happened mm-hmm. or that was – Tyron Weber maybe saw some of that coming. Okay, well, they got a couple starters leaving off the line. They don't necessarily have a set starter at right or left tackle mm-hmm. next year. And then for Xavier Benson, you saw that both of the starting linebackers yeah. were leaving, and he's ready to step in day one. Everyone knew that. Yeah. 
at any really any school. So I mean, those situations of what the roster looked like, I think probably aided oh, for them sure. in in landing those guys. But yeah, you're. I mean, those are two premier talents that they're getting from the junior college ranks. That they'll have both of them for at minimum two years, yeah, at least. But I think they both technically have three. Yeah, and that's you. And the fact that you know, I and I'm not. You know, I've I, I kind of pulled my reins back a little bit um, on Ollie Gordon, and and that's mm. not. I, I just I don't know if you would necessarily need him day one, but. Uh, especially when, you know, we found out that he was, well, he's not, may not be here till June and that, okay, well, if he's not getting here till June, then I for sure don't think that he's mm-hmm. going to be, you know, a contributor, but he's coming in early. I think he, honestly, I could see it being maybe like a Jaden Nixon type thing, you know, take 15, 20 snaps, you know, his freshman year, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to need Ollie Gordon. Um, but it, it's going to be kind of like a Jaden Nixon type thing where he might play against Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be another game or two that you get to you get to see him play. But he's a, he's a freshman. You get you get four games. You know, so I, I certainly want to see him out there and see what he can do. Um, but the fact that he's the, the fact that he's here now certainly makes it to where you're okay. You feel more comfortable with him. Yeah, I mean, I playing. think I, I don't think he'll end up redshirting. I think we'll see him. Not necessarily like as the number one or two guy, but I think as of now, I would put him knowing that he's going to be here for spring ball. I think he probably goes into the season as number three, um, with either Dom, Dom and Jaden one and two, whichever way you want to one one two two one, however you want to split them apart. I like Dom, and I think with his experience and his explosiveness that. He would be the logical choice. I for think one. he's probably the first one you pencil in at one. I like Jaden. But I, I, think I also has a chance. I think Jaden is probably a better th- or bigger threat. Yeah, I, as, I think as a he, as a running back of I what think you're Jayden thinking about, what chance. running backs can be in this offense of what you've looked at Chuba and everything. I think that's Jaden. If you pair Jaden's speed and explosiveness with. Spencer at quarterback, the option game is going to be yeah. crazy. The explosiveness that you have in the run game, I like. I mean, that he a lot. he can take off. I mean, and he's and he's gotten bigger mm-hmm. too. So I mean, he's put on muscle. So I mean, that was like his number one thing when they when they brought him in. Like when he got here, it was like, okay, you just need to put on size. Like he was like a, just a little small, and which is not you're coming out of high school. Not unexpected. Not unexpected for a five ten track runner. Yeah. That also, like, yeah, he played, obviously played football, but he ran track, too. So he wasn't bulking up all of high school. So, I mean, that's what this last year was. And when you see him, you can tell if anyone ever saw him before the fact that compared to now, he has put on a lot of muscle and mass and will continue to do so until the season. So um, I end, I think Jaden might end up taking that number one spot. I, I think I, so. To me, and I've had a couple people kind of mention this or confirm this, to me, he is a more advanced LD Brown. Okay, he I can see his LD was LD was extremely fast. I think Jaden's faster. I mean, Jaden's a legit four three guy. I mean, he taught he clocked the laser four three in high school, and he was competing for like district and state championships. Still translates. And, track. and oh, speed speed is speed. I mean, and he has football speed too. It's not just he's not just a straight line runner. On his touchdown running yeah, I mean, you can see that on his touchdown run, which might as well have been a straight line because no one touched him. But um, I think he's a more advanced LD Brown in that LD was really, really fast. But there were times where maybe the vision wasn't there, especially at the beginning of this season or this past season. He just couldn't seem to get openings. And that's not all his fault. Some of it was the offensive line. Jaden is one of those guys that he just creates his own if yeah. they're not there. And if you give him a hole, he's going to hit it and fly through it. And even if it's not there, he he's going to make one. So I do think he'll he'll get a lot of snaps. And then I think Dom is your perfect short yardage guy just because he's, I mean, he's extremely strong, extremely big, and he wants contact. If you tell him to run through the tackles, he's going to bulldoze some people to try and get into the end zone. So, or get a first down, whatever it may be. And then I think Ollie... And C.J. Brown, and then you still have Zach Middleton, who I think is a very formidable player. Yeah. Um, but Ollie and C.J. Brown, 
I think both of them provide skill sets that will complement as backup players for year one to what because I mean Ollie you could compare to Dom and CJ you could compare to compare to Jaden. So if one of those guys go down, you have a guy behind them that runs their similar styles. So I think both of them will will get a um will get good looks this upcoming season. Which which is fun because uh as of it'd be fourteen minutes ago and you liked it. That's the only reason I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um six forty nine on February twentieth. Yeah. Uh Stephon Johnson yeah. tweeted out a photo of him and uh, Ollie Gordon as as youngins. Now we're now we back together in Cowboys again. Oh, that's cool. That, yeah. That's I mean a lot. That's, I mean that's cool. DJ McKinney and Ollie played together. Like they're really good friends. You just said Stephon Johnson and Ollie played together. DJ and Garrett Rangel played together. Um, Jaden and Rangel. J- obviously Garrett Jayden and Nixon. and uh, yeah. and Jaden played. Obviously they're on the same team. Um, who else? Some of these guys. The Green Twins are familiar with Rangel. Um, the Green Twins are familiar with Ollie Gordon. Yes, they're <laughs> very much so. They ruined their senior season. Ollie Gordon single-handedly ruined the Green Twins' single yeah. senior season, um, which was a game I was at, which was incredible to see. Um, so, so because of all that, I, that's the the Dallas, Fort Worth, mm-hmm. you know, Denton, Frisco area. Thoughts on their another Frisco school coming up? And just all that talent in that area, like, are more schools in that area a good thing? Yeah, I mean, if you, like, if you, I mean, Frisco has, I think, 12 or 13 high schools. And they, they just announced it. And they're one. all 5A, yeah. which means they all have more than, like, all of them. Like, I went to Wakeland. We had, like, 2,200 students or something like that. Every single school has that many. I mean, you were, you've been talking, like, if you just combined two of those, mm-hmm. Maybe two and a half. You're talking about Allen. So you you talk about Allen has like five thousand students, maybe six thousand. So if you have two or three, you talk about having three to four Allens in Frisco, but instead they have twelve individual five A schools. That to me is good because it spreads the talent around, and and it's not just football; it's for other sports sure. too. Because I mean, think about how many people would not even get to play sports. I, I think it, my freshman or sophomore year, someone told me at Allen. That there was like six hundred people that tried out for baseball at Allen. Across there's like they have I think three or four teams. They have like two freshman teams, a JV team, and varsity. All of them have like twenty five to thirty people. That's wild. So I mean, you're talking that's more people than went to my high school. Yeah, you're talking about a hundred kids. You would start. You'd start for Allen. Ryan. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you'd, you'd start for Allen. Uh, you're talking about football or baseball. Whatever you want. Everyone? Yeah. Okay, Talking about 100 kids. Uh, but anyways, yeah. yeah, more high schools are better for that area because they don't want to be like that. Well, and who wouldn't want to go to Panther Creek? Yeah, that's the new one. Tell me that's not dope. Yeah, I mean. Where do you go? Frisco, Panther Creek. Uh, that's what's I up. don't know what their that's mascot funny. is, but if Probably it's not a Panther. A, but like the Panther Creek Panthers. Or it could just, be a creek. The Panther oh, Creek Creeks. Water. Let's, um, well, let's let's look this up. I, I'm, I'm sure because it opens this year. It opens in 22. Yeah. So let's see. Pan. Oh, can't and spell Frisco that has one. a thing. I don't know if they're still doing it, but Frisco has a thing recently where they like to do the alliteration. So they like to do same same letters. So uh, Panther Creek uh, is named for a creek that will border the campus property. Right. Panther Creek is a tributary of Lake Louisville. Yeah. Um, they. Come on, you got a mascot for me? Um, oh, I don't know if it's gonna. I. It took the the website I clicked on took me to just a bunch of weird Frisco news, Frisco ISD Panther Creek. Uh, I don't know yet. I'd have to I'd have to search. I'd have to do a little digging. Let's oh, Panther Creek. They have a Facebook page. That's a nice looking high school. That rendition. Wow. Panther Creek. Uh, guess what? They're the Panthers. Panther ah. Creek Panthers. Yeah, I fig- I f- it makes too much sense. Panther Creek Panthers and Lady Panthers. It'd have been fun if they'd have named them like the Tigers. Water cats. <laughs> pole, pole cat. Yeah, pole cat. Um, pole assassin. Um. Pan- pan- <laughs> listen. Listen. Anyways. Listen. Um, listen. Yes, we don't these- need to be talking about no monkey attacks. <laughs> all right. Um. Texas is dealing with enough. Having to yeah. kick their own students out of a game yeah. for Texas Tech fans. The fact they got waxed <laughs> twice. That was embarrassing, okay. but it was karma. So, 
Yeah. Thoughts on Juwan Howard punching the Wisconsin oh, head coach? Gracious. First, okay. Juwan Howard is trying to see what those hands okay. were about. First of dude. all, uh, I miss, but he didn't punch him. It was, he, it was he was he grabbed for his he, face. He opened hand. It was an open hand smack. He was he like, opened, I'm trying, I'm trying to grab your face he right open off your hand body. Palmed smacked him. him. Yeah, palmed his out of his temple. Um, although I will say that's partially on Wisconsin's coach. Yeah, you don't touch a man. Because Juwan Howard was trying to walk past him, and he like got in front of him and like grabbed him, and Pushed he was like, "Don't touch me!" And then mm-hmm. it was an assistant that got whopped. And we pe- don't know what the dialogue was. No, but Juwan Howard wasn't trying to talk to him. Juwan Howard was just trying to walk away. Mm-hmm. Technically, just walk past him, and the and Wisconsin's coach, which is a little, stepped in front of him and grabbed which him. Which I like will started, say, a little started yelling at a little him. classless. You know, you just... I'll say on both sides. Just, no, no, no. Yeah. But, like, don't walk... But just shake his hand. You don't have to talk to him, but just, you know, shake his hand and keep on going. Um, you can say the then, same thing to Wisconsin's coach, too, though. But then don't put your hands on another man. Yeah. That um, clearly is not... Anything. And then you got those stooges out there that think Jawan Howard should be fired. Yeah, I was about to say that's about that. Wild. That's that's, now, that's if it a were, Now, if it were that's a punch, a like, if he actually did punch him... and I still don't think so. I think it would be... I think they could fire him with cause. If like it was conduct like, unbecoming, but I don't. That's not gonna. If that it right was, if it was Juwan Howard pulling like a malice in the palace and going up into the stands of the <laughs> oh, center yeah. and like brawling like with a fan, him, then I'll he, give you that. Maybe if he hit him with something, like yeah, like if he whipped out a folding chair, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like that a, Kansas dude did, like and went, went up had, into the first row of the Cole Center and started yeah. just swinging at dudes, then oh, I yeah. then I could see it. But like, oh yeah, an open an open handed slap. I think players and coaches should be able to do whatever they want. <laughs> within reason like hockey within reason like like yeah. if you want to fight another point guard make a square and you go at it for five ten seconds i would be and okay then you go with sit that. on the bench for two minutes i would five, be okay with that and then and then you get back that would that would stop so many like micro transgressions the world would be a better place if people were allowed to fight without consequences in, in a controlled manner 100 percent. no weapons you know no biting <laughs> Nothing yeah, no, below no the waist. eye gouging. Yeah, yeah. Only fists. Above the belt, below the neck. <laughs> Only fists. No yeah. no kicking. Just body, just, just body shots. Yeah. Yeah. And no no like um, no, no trying to maim somebody. No, no like trained moves. Yeah. Like you're not doing some spinning back. No fists, rear naked like, chokes. No guillotine. Yeah, arm no, bar. Yeah, no arm bars. Yeah. No yeah, it would definitely be holds barred. Okay. Uh but yeah, I I think that I think sports would be much better if you allowed like football can you imagine football players going at it for like 10 15 seconds? Like after a targeting. And there'd be no targeting. Andre uh Andre, Andre Johnson, Johnson and what the yeah. You could have Eli Apple and Tyree Kill go at it. That'd do the world a favor. Eli Apple, Eli Apple would get, get whopped. Absolutely bodied. <laughs> and everyone We'll be okay with it. Almost lost my gum. Did you yeah, see more, that? Be more than a play with it. Anyways, yes, back to the recruiting. A lot of these dudes know each other. They're very, very close, which occasionally you'll have guys that get to know each other like through their recruitments. Sure. A lot of these guys already knew each other. Yeah. Because they've played, together, you get they've the played with each sevens. other and played against each other. Yeah. So the chemistry is going to be very, very good. And I do think that, um, and we can just mention some of the, I think Talon Shetron will be a guy that plays early. I think, like I said, Ollie will. Um, Braylon, I think, especially in the special teams department, we'll be seeing him pretty early and so often. So, I, I don't know if it's a hot take, and I think you and I, we've talked about it before. Yeah. I I don't think it's I don't think it's a stretch to say Braylon's going to be better than Brennan. Yeah, I mean, I could I could I would agree with that. Maybe, on maybe the, not. I, I'm not saying he's going to come in better. Yeah, yeah. Than Brennan is like right long now. Term, like, and you look back in ten yeah. years. Um. I wouldn't in, say that's in, that far of a in stretch. In three years, I think you'll be able to say. I will, yeah, I will say this, and this isn't necessarily on on Brennan. At this point, like going into his freshman year, if you were to tell me that Brennan has had the two seasons he had so far, I would have said that's less than I thought. Yeah, agree. I would have thought Brennan would have had better numbers. Now that's not all his fault. Right. Right. When an offensive line can't block for your quarterback, it's hard for your quarterback to get you the ball. When your quarterback some maybe sometimes has some tendencies to turn the ball over. Now, that's and I mean even Brennan has had some drops. So it's I mean it's it's a group thing. But I would have thought that he would have had some better numbers. I'm not sure if Braylon will get better numbers faster. Yeah. Um. Well, and but that's, I do and that's think, because of and that's obviously receiver production. And obviously Brennan 
is a clear threat in the return game. Can you imagine? But here's the thing, though. They, you put they, them both OSU back OSU would probably not have won Bedlam without Brennan making the play that he did. 100%. Right? So, I mean, it's not. we're not saying Brennan is under... Like, I think he is a fantastic player. And in his junior season, and, I mean, we're still talking about a guy who his first year he was playing in a COVID season. So, I mean, his third year, I think he will be very valuable, especially that he had a good second year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this year, shoot, he may go off for... 850 yards and 10 touchdowns or yeah, something. Yeah, and, and, and I want to just like I, I want to just say like I'm not sitting here saying that I I'm disappointed with Brennan Presley. Oh no, me either. Or that he's not any good. But I think when you when you compare freshman Braylon to freshman Brennan, I think Braylon has a chance to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's more explosive. I think he's I think he's faster. Which that's what I'm waiting for is the the foot race between the two of them because mm-hmm. that's just you could sell tickets. OSU would make money on that. Um, and honestly, you do it at spring game, and then you charge for the spring game. Bunch of freeloaders. Um, but I, th- I think that I, I, I'm not comparing Braylon to current Brennan. I'm, yeah. I'm comparing yeah, yeah, yeah. freshman Braylon to freshman Brennan. And I think when it's all said and done, I think Braylon has a chance to do better things than what Brennan did. But I, I think that Brennan, like, he is an absolute hero. The fact, like, he deserved to get a PS5 even without going to the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> Um, but you look at what he's done, you know, I mean, you look at his touchdowns against Miami, you look at his touchdown against Kansas state, his first year. And then what he did this year, I think that, you know, you talk about the COVID year. I think that, I I, I think that he, he has really proved himself. and, And I think that moving forward, when you look at some of the receiver, like you're losing Tay Martin. So you're obviously mm-hmm. going to have to, I, I think Jaden Bray is going to be, you know, he's not going to be an exact replica. You know, he's not going to be a one for one switch out of Tay Martin, but I think Jaden Bray has a chance to be pretty good. I've, I, I thought going into it that, that JP Richardson would be decent. I don't, I can't sit here and say that I expected it year one with what he did. And mm-hmm. not that, not that he was electric electric, but he made some pretty big plays that helped Oklahoma State win ball games. No, he the, he was the reason that I can think of at least, well, Texas one Tech game, for one. yeah, one game. He almost he almost helped them win the Big Twelve Championship. That last drive was John Paul's drive. I mean, he yeah. had two or three big time catches. Yeah. So you throw you throw John Paul in there. I think Brennan has a chance to to do something more uh, in the in the offense mm-hmm. anyway. Especially if the offensive line gets a little better now, and that's and that's a stretch to say because you lose an All Big Twelve center and Danny Gudlevsky, you're losing, and and I just I just, I, I think you know if Danny would have been healthy, I think I think Danny could have been the difference in the Big Twelve championship game. Mm-hmm. I think if Danny's healthy, you don't have to worry as much. Now, you look at that, uh, you look at Aussie or not Aussie. Um, What's his name? Baylor, uh, Baylor Noseguard. Oh, Ica, Ica. Yeah. Ica, yeah. You look at him, and, I mean, that dude eats anybody up. Yeah. But Danny gives you a much better chance. So, And, and then you're losing Josh Sills, who I think I think both of those guys are going to make money in the NFL. I don't know if both those guys get drafted, but both of those guys I think are going to make some money in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's a stretch to say the offensive line will be better. Um, not that the offensive line was great, but – I think that I think Brennan has a chance to to do something better, and I, I'll say this: I don't think he makes an impact for two or three years, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the development of Tabri Shetron. I, I think with his body style and with how you could continue to develop him, I, I think in two to three years, I, I'm I'm looking forward to. And now, obviously, Jelani Woods was misused. You know, I, I think we can all agree. Um, now he didn't do anything while he was here, but I think you could agree with what he did at Virginia. I think you could, I think you could say that he was misused a bit. But you look at, you know, it's not a one for one comparison. You know, body size is the same. You know, it's not. I like, think, but I, I, I think he could be something similar. I think probably a year, um, and then he'll be ready. I mean, he's already, I mean, he's already six foot four, mm-hmm. and he showed up at two hundred and fifteen pounds. I mean, Garrett Rangel. I think Talon and Landon Dean, when I talked to them last, had gained anywhere from 10 to 14 pounds each. I'm going to guess that Tabry has as well. So you could probably say he's probably somewhere in the little south of 230. I was going to say 225, 226. And 
I mean, for what he does, he's not going to be your big blocker Mm-mm. type. No, he's going to be him. a he's going to be a receiver. So I mean, he already has the size to do it, and I mean, obviously, I mean, you just polish him up. But I think I think there's a chance we could see reps from him this year. I don't know. I don't think it'll be like in a whole lot of quantity, but I mean, I think he'll get his four games at least. Sure. Um, and we'll we'll see him out there, but um, yeah, I mean. There's going to be a lot of young guys getting getting reps, um, not just freshmen, but like I said, some of those guys that have been here for a year or two that are that are kind of stepping into new roles with some older guys leaving. Yeah, and and looking at the rest of him, I mean, just kind of going through this class, you know, we, we mentioned Xavier Benson. I, I think he's a day one starter. Um, obviously, uh, Salete is going to be a, a day one player, you know, rotational with a defensive line. Um, I think Ollie Gordon will get snaps. I don't know how much he'll play, but I think he gets snaps. Um, I, I think you'll see Braylon Presley some. I don't know how much you'll see him, but I think you see him. Mm-hmm. I think you see him at least maybe halfway through the year. Um, I could see DJ McKinney playing some fresh freshman year. Uh, I could see Talon playing some freshman year, and then I think I think Tyron Weber. Uh, it, you can pencil him in as a starter. Now, obviously, he's going to have to prove it. You know, there's a step up between, even though he's a national champion and a, and a JUCO All-American, there's certainly a step up from JUCO to, to Power 5. But I think, you know, with his size, with with his physicality, I think he, uh, i just looking at Robert's article, uh, he had better be ready. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I, I think that's fair. He had better be ready. Uh, but I, I don't know how much, I don't know how many freshmen and how much you'll see of the freshmen but I think that there's a handful that you will certainly see play. Um, and I think that's positive. I, I think you look at, you know, it's it's not a secret, you know, how Oklahoma State has improved in recruiting over the past two to three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a direct correlation to your your boy, Todd Bradford. You know, is he here, by the way? I thought I heard him. I thought I saw him walk in. Um, but it, it's, it, there's, it's no secret. And I think the fact that, you know, I, I we talked before the before the pod that we don't I don't want to dive too deeply into the season, but you look at the success that Oklahoma State had this year, you look at the success that OSU had in the bowl game coming coming back and beating a really good Notre Dame team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the I think what what I think what Gundy said was accurate. I think that had Oklahoma State had the staff that they have now after beating Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl in 2012 that they would be light years ahead of where they are now. And I think the fact that you beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl, a top 10 Notre Dame team, you finish the season in the top 10, it's the highest rated recruiting class under Gundy. The fact that they have a really good recruiting staff and you've seen some fruits the past couple of years, I think that moving forward, I think 23 has a chance of being an even, it has, I'm not going to say it will, but, the 23 class has an absolute chance of being better than the 22 class. Yeah, I mean, and right now there's four guys committed in the 23 class. Um, and I think that it'll probably follow a similar schedule as to what we've seen in the past couple of years where April will probably be a... Right around that spring game. Probably, you'll probably pick up one, two, three guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, right around the spring game. And then in June, the past couple of years, I know... T- June of 2020, which would have been a class of 21 guys. June was big. They picked up six guys, and it was five, four in one day, five. That, in, that, I think it was like five go, or six within two or three days. That, and then you go to the, like the last or second to last day, June of 21, when they yeah. landed the Shetron brothers. Yeah. So that was, and then DJ McKinney was around then. Um, he was early, he was late July, or sorry, early July. I think he was on July 4th. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, over the next couple weeks, I think you'll start to see some stuff heat up and then May, I don't know. I don't know if we'll see anything in May. Um, cause there's no like recruiting, you'll have guys coming on official visits, I'm sure, but there's not any, necessarily any events going on. And then June is when really Oklahoma state starts to pick back up. So I would, I would look for those, um, as we. Um, kind of look at different recruiting stuff, but yeah, you're right. A lot of the guys that they're looking at in 23 and that are they're pretty high on the list are are really really good prospects. Well, and you look at you know you you put out an, an article last night. I mean, there have been a dozen articles that have gone out in the last 
week and a half to two weeks. And I, I don't think that's going to slow down. I, I will say that Oklahoma State will still continue to be, you know, selective. O- Oklahoma State, and it's a complaint that I've heard about, you know, since I started covering Oklahoma State. I think it was like 2015, 2016. Well, how come Oklahoma State's always towards the bottom of, of the Big 12 and, and Power 5 schools when it goes out to offers? That's because Oklahoma State's not going to waste resources trying to offer 400-some-odd kids when you can get the same results offering 192, you know. And, and I think that's going to – I don't think you're going to see an insane amount of quarterback offers. That's not Tim or Tay style. And I don't think you're going to see a bunch of offers go out. So Yeah, I actually looked at – like the past two years that Tim or Tay's been here, they offered, I think, like six quarterbacks, mm-hmm. maybe eight. Yeah. I think they've offered seven or eight right now. So I wouldn't. I would imagine that you probably don't see more than probably ten. Although I will say, um, I I don't I don't think Oklahoma State would have done so anyway. But I think budget was was a reason that you don't see a lot of offers go out. And so I'd be I'd be curious because I think that the current administration now you're not going to see a massive influx, you know, in cash. But I I think that, you know, that with Derek Mason, you know, being the highest paid assistant. Um, the fact that they're willing to to renovate the locker rooms and and kind of update the practice, you know, like the meeting rooms, and the they've got a new recruit lounge. The it, it's evident that this administration is willing to spend money, and I, I could right. see I could see an influx in the recruiting budget. I'll be curious to see if more money means more offers because not, and I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to be some massive jump up. But before you had to be, you had to do a lot of research and you had to be really selective because you couldn't necessarily spend a lot of money going out and talking to three, mm-hmm. four hundred kids. But if you add, you know, I don't know, X amount of dollars into the budget, if they're like, you know what, we got a little bit more, maybe, maybe we spread out just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think you could see that. I don't, I don't necessarily know if it'll be. Yeah, I mean, there might be some more offers. Um. But I also, it might be maybe you don't, instead of maybe you offer this guy instead of this guy kind of thing, maybe, okay, if we have some more money, we think we can get this guy in previous years, but maybe didn't have enough money to put together a budget Mm -hmm. to get out to, I don't know, California to go get this kid. More often. Whatever, more often. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they get guys from out west. They've they've gotten a couple from the east, not many. Maybe head out to Florida. Yeah, maybe. and, And, yes, people, this matters. I mean, you're talking about, budgets in terms of plane tickets and hotels and like if you're renting cars gas and i mean all that stuff adds up when you have a full staff of people traveling the country doing this stuff so a lot of times okay well, why don't they offer like all these five stars okay well there's a ton of five stars in florida there's a ton in georgia there's a ton in california yeah there's a bunch in and um louisiana and in texas that's the ones you see them offering most yeah. of the time. Um, they're not going to waste their time or money recruiting some dude who's going to end up having a top five of USC, Texas, A and M, OU, and yeah, Alabama, and Washington, or whatever, like Notre Dame. Yeah. So, and th- that's what we say what when we mean some of those things. But um, yeah, I could see them maybe opening it up a little bit, just a little. I I don't think you're going to see a massive uptick, but I, but I could see a little bit. I, agree. I think Ryan's so. getting bored. So yeah, you know what I'm waiting for. As well, well, let's go ahead and we can let's talk a little basketball. Yeah, we can transition <laughs> a little bit. Actually, let's do that real quick before we get to baseball. Let's just we can talk five minutes on basketball because I mean there's not really a whole lot going on. But obviously, um, I would like to praise Avery Anderson on yeah. a fantastic. I'm gonna say game winner, even though there's a little bit of time left. Fantastic game winning shot. They won um, that game though because of Bryce Thompson. Oh well, yeah, but I'm just saying like 23. Some clutch three pointers down the stretch yeah. and in overtime. Well, you look at Avery. I think he was two of seven from three pointer. Yeah, he was two of seven from three. Uh, his first three came the open of overtime, and then you had a, a dunk by Musa, and then his second, then his second three came in the final five seconds. Had to have been one of the better shooting performances of the season for Oklahoma State, at least from a percentage standpoint. They were shooting over fifty percent, fifty-two percent. Got to be one of their best. Finish that game going fifty-two percent, and you look at it; they shot well most of the game. Yeah, sixty um, percent in the first half. They shot down a little. They shot thirty-eight percent in the in the second half, uh, and then they shot sixty-three percent in excuse me in overtime. So it was it was impressive. 
Um, you know, Bryce was uh, two of two from three point range. Avery was two of four from the field. He was two of three from three point range there in overtime. So it was a big game. You know, I mean, you want to win every game, you know, uh, and every game's a must win. But it, and it's something that we've talked about and talked about and talked about. It's something, you know, everyone writes about. We talked about it on the afternoon sports drive here, uh, Triple Play Sports. You know, well, they don't have anything to play for. You know, they're not going to the NCAA tournament. They're not going to the Big 12 tournament. You know, Boynton's mentioned it. You know, it's hard to get the guys up. That's a big win because you look at what K-State had done. I could you know, have knocked K-State out of it. I think it makes it a lot harder because you look at K-State's, the rest of their schedule, um, and they had, I think just like OSU, they had five games left, and they had a chance. I think they had a chance to split. Let me, let me, I can pull it up here real quick. Um, the win over West Virginia for, for K-State earlier in the week was massive. And I thought that that would have kind of put them, I think that put them in the driver's seat of the, the four teams that are trying to get in. Um, OU, Kansas State, Iowa State, and then West Virginia is kind of that fourth team. I don't I, I don't think I don't I don't think we see West Virginia but you've got so they had four games left Kansas State did they had us uh, they had OSU on Saturday did they have Kansas at home now I know that they played KU pretty close but that was in Manhattan they go to Lawrence and they have that's Iowa State and that's gonna be that's a must win game yeah. for K State and but then they have Texas Tech to finish the season. So the fact that OSU got to win took, at the very least two of those four and they're done. And there were, there were three games that K state should, or should have won for them. Us, uh, Iowa state, you know, and then Kansas, uh, West Virginia was a big game, big game for them. So it certainly makes it a lot tougher. And then you look at the rest of the season for Oklahoma state, you got two of the, and I asked Boynton about it on Thursday before the game. I said, you know, talking to this team, you know, I, I understand that you, you know, you want to win every single game, but you have two of the better teams in the country, certainly one of the hottest in Texas Tech. Those are two of your last five. And then you have OU, you have Kansas State, and you have Iowa State. Those three teams are going to give you their absolute best. You know, and they're desperate. They, they have to win in order to make the NCAA tournament. Now, I, that, that boat is gone for Iowa State, losing, you know, losing Harkless. Their, their season is basically – not Iowa State, excuse me, OU. Um, OU season, I, you can't I, – I guess you can't guarantee it being out – like losing Harkless, that's big for them. Like he was the heart and soul of that team. So OU's probably out of it. So you, you would think OSU probably, you know, probably beats OU down in Norman. But OSU had a chance to, you know, really play spoiler for Kansas State and Iowa State. Still do with Iowa State, but they did so against Kansas State. So that's that's a gutsy win. I think that's a that's a that's a good win for the program because Kansas State was, you know, they were they were really rolling. They were they were playing pretty well. So, uh, kudos to Boynton. Uh, they got a tough one. <laughs> they got a tough one against Baylor. Um, I guess that'd be tonight if you're listening to this because um, we're recording on Sunday. But that's a tough one. That's I'm not I'm not like guaranteeing a loss, but like it's gonna be hard. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a tough one. So, um, all right, Ryan. I know you're just you're just you're aching, you're itching. Yeah. Yeah. Oklahoma State took uh, two out of three against Vanderbilt. And I think that I think that's really important. I understand that, you know, you don't have um you know, they, they, they don't have the two best pitchers in college baseball like they did last year. But the fact that you go to Nashville and especially excuse me, especially with the way they won today's game, you know, uh Kale Davis putting Vanderbilt up there late in the eighth inning and the fact that OSU was able to come back and win that game in the ninth I, I think is is incredibly impressive well it's um it's one of those things I always talk about early season baseball and how you never really know what you're going to get whether it goes good or bad it still isn't really the best indicator of what you're going to get but what this gives you is it's more of like a okay this Oklahoma State team is legit and they like everyone better watch out because like this team's got a chance to be as good as advertised, you know, whereas versus you have someone like softball who early on in the season has, I think to put it politely underperformed. Yeah. They, they have, they have struggled. Um, but for baseball, you know, you go in to one of the most hostile environments, um, 
one of the best perennial powerhouses for baseball, and you go and win a series there in the first first series of the season, that's huge. And the pitching was very good, very clutch mm-hmm. at times. The offense struggled in game one, but, you know, there's a lot that can be said about that. You have a lot of new pieces. It was 25 degrees, and some of those some of those guys are not really familiar with hitting in the cold. And I'll tell you, hitting from experience, hitting in the cold is not fun. Well, I um, think, you know, going back to kind of how you started, um, I, I think that you look at it's such an important way to start the season. Mm-hmm. It gets you um, started with a huge confidence boost I think, right off the bat. And, and it's, it's kind of different in, in a certain way because you look at, you know, I can use 2016 as a perfect example. You know, they go down to the UTA tournament, you know, and they, they split two and two. Um, you know, they beat UT Arlington once and lost once, and they beat Stephen F. Austin once and lost once. And then they go to North Carolina and they get swept you know, and then you have Incarnate Word, and you get Indiana State. You know, whatever. Um, and it was it was kind of an up and down year. It was, I mean, it was a good year. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, at forty three and twenty two, they're sixteen and eight in conference play. You know, you get down to it. Um, it was a slow start that built into what you sure. typically see from a Josh Holiday led team, and, and, and that you, is getting hot. Yeah, late. I mean, you 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 beat Texas in the opening round of the Big Twelve championship game, and then it's you know you lose to TCU, you lose to Texas. And you go through and you sweep the the Clemson regional. You know you beat Nebraska. You beat Clemson twice, twelve to nine two. Then you win the South Carolina. And then you then you you in two straight. You know you and you win five one three one. And then you go to the you know the College World Series. Now that it didn't end the way you wanted it to, you lost two straight to Arizona. But this is the way you needed to start the season. You know because going into you know I've talked to Tom Dorado about it and this team has a chance to do something pretty special. It, it shows exactly what you just said to piggyback off of that. It shows that this team is different mm-hmm. from the other Oklahoma State teams we've got recently. Now they obviously hot. have to they have to continue. Right, it's different than the teams that have some things to wrinkle out at the beginning of the season and then they can figure it out and get hot at the right time and go on a run. This team has shown right now that they have the talent right away, right off the bat, to make a run like that. And mm-hmm. what it takes now is just consistency, staying healthy, and getting a few guys along here. You know, Nolan McLean didn't have the best series. He was pretty close to hitting a grand slam there in game, I guess it was two, on Saturday. He was pretty close to hitting one out if the wind wouldn't have been blowing in. Might have been a grand slam. Caden um, Trinkle, he had a big RBI in yesterday's game, but other than that, in the two games he played on Friday and Saturday, he struck out, I think, five times. Now it's not something you see from him, but, you know, so there's always, for baseball, there's always going to be guys in a lineup that are hitting really well. Then you're going to have a few guys that are either really close or doing about kind of the average. Then you'll have a few guys who need a little bit of work and need some help, and that's where it is right now. And some of those guys who need a little bit of help, once they – figure it out mm-hmm. and get back. You know, once you have Nolan McLean as a reliable heavy bat in the order and you have Trenkel as either someone you can put in the top or bottom of the lineup that can get you guys on base and drive in runs, that's huge. And the pitching, too. Like, I, I'll go in on the pitching in a second, but it, I, I think that the starters were fantastic. So we're obviously only three games in. Um, going off of, you know, preseason hype and looking at who returned – looking at some of the newcomers, was there anyone that for you was as advertised, was as impressive as maybe what you thought he should have been or picked up? So we'll do, well, give me two, give me two answers. Um, Was there, was a newcomer, was there a newcomer that was, that played as advertised as what you thought? And then was there a returner or, and was there someone that maybe was a little disappointing? Okay. Um, I think that, Right off the bat, for the person who was as advertised and what I thought, uh, Griffin Dorshing. Mm. Um, That's a he, large man. He had a very good series. I mean, he had, I believe it was four extra base hits in the last two games. Uh, he had two doubles and scored two runs on Saturday, two of the four runs that they scored in the game. And then today he had three RBI, he had a double, he had that home run, and then he had that um, he had that double in the ninth to give an insurance run. I think that, for that was people, a huge hit. I included this within my uh, my story 
that I put out about the the series um, on Pokes Report earlier. You know, if you're an Obrey and you're sitting in the uh, the outfield concourse, you're probably going to you get hear, a if you, ball. If you hear Griffin Dorshang's name over the PA, I would I would pay, start paying attention the, because you, you could be in danger. It's coming. You're going to get dude, a souvenir. He he was as good as I thought he would be, and I, Marshall will probably attest to this. I've been saying Griffin Dorshang's name now for the last couple of weeks. So he, who? He's someone who appeals oh, man. to me because he's he's from Wisconsin, so it's perfect. That's where I'm from. Um, from Wisconsin, he's eats a lot of cheese, eh? Yeah, I, I'm a bit of a cheese connoisseur. We've we've talked about this before, I think. But I, I'm a bit snobby on my cheese, and that's probably has to do with where I'm from. Um, it's not even great cheese. I don't know what you're talking. Average about. at best. Like, how do you like broadly just sum up cheese? Like, what do you mean by cheese? What kind? What type? What format? Wisconsin, average. But what? I, I, All of it. I, I'm not even gonna give me a I'm good not, give me uh, a yeah. good slice of Munster and Kraft American. I will never eat Kraft American in my life. It's and a great burger uh, nope, cheese, though. Nope, never, never. It's basically the same as if I just like went up to one of those uh, conveyor belts in the store that they like slide items on to get them closer to the cashier. If I went up to one of those with a knife, cut out a little square, and threw it on my burger, it's mm. pretty much the same. It's a great burger cheese, though. It's, it's a not, great burger it's cheese, not though. Cheese, though. Okay. No, it's not. I'm not, I'm not gonna. Not I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna continue biting on this hook. You're gonna reel me in here into somewhere I already that got we don't you. need I already, to go. I already got you. Your second. Your second question. <laughs> someone who maybe disappointed a little bit this weekend. Um. And hmm. it could be. It could be newcomer with your expectations, or maybe what they did at their previous, or or, or a returner that was already on the team. That I mean, two names that I already. Just mentioned a few minutes ago, Nolan McLean and Caden uh, Trinkle. I mean, those guys struggled this series mm-hmm. at the plate, struck out a lot, weren't seeing it very well, but I think that that happens. It's not anything that really worries me. That's definitely um, something that needs to be improved upon. Strikeouts like team, were not good. Team-wise. Because they had, I think, was it let's see if I can nail one? all these numbers. It was 18 in game one. I believe it was 11 in game two. And I think it was 14 in game three. Mm-hmm. Um, so the strikeouts, obviously not great, but not you know, great. Early in the season, typically three, three games in. Typically, early in a season, um, those early season matchups benefit the pitchers because a lot of times pitchers will add new stuff to their repertoire that teams haven't scouted for yet. Batters don't know about. Well, batters if, are rusty; they haven't seen live pitching like that in a while. And if we're being honest, I mean, it's colder. It's not like it's not like strikeouts haven't been an issue for Oklahoma right. State over the years. Right. Right. I I think. Um, the thing that worried me the most in game one was the situational hitting um, with guys on base being too uh, too passive, too conservative at the plate, not being aggressive enough and just not being able to come through. But in games two and three, they were fantastic with runners on and situational hitting, being able to drive in those important runs. And you saw today, um, after having a 5-3 to three lead going into the bottom of the eighth, Vanderbilt brings it back, evens it at five, and then Oklahoma State immediately in the ninth, rather than going out one, two, three, and giving Vanderbilt a chance to go walk it off, Oklahoma State scores two runs again of its own. And Jake Thompson is one of, if not the best, two strike hitters in college baseball. That dude is insane. Josh Holiday today on his radio show said that he's the best. He's one of, if not the best, two strike hitters that he's ever coached and ever been around on a team. And Josh has been around. He's been on some elite-level teams, coached a lot of very good players. And Jake Thompson, though, and especially that at-bat in the ninth, mm-hmm. you go eight pitches, full count. You turn on a breaking ball and hit it just foul down the right field line, and then you take a fastball the other way, and it goes just foul to left field. So you hit two back-to-back foul home runs, and then you follow that up by coming through with a double down the line mm-hmm. and bringing in go-ahead run he's extremely clutch and he came through today as well yeah looking forward to uh looking forward to that game and at globe life i think that's going to be a lot of fun i'm I'm certainly looking forward to being back in obrate uh last year was a little hectic a little busy so i didn't get out as much as i as i wanted to but i I think i think 22 with everything that everything this team could do i I think 22 has a chance to uh to be a lot of fun and i'm excited last thing i want to say the pitching um, especially from from the starters as well as from the pen, especially Trevor Martin, 
fantastic. Um, I think Trevor Martin is set to have a huge year. I mean, I think he's going to be big for the Pokes. He he shut it down yesterday for the save, mm-hmm. and then today he recorded what would have been a five out save if they hadn't lost the lead. Instead, he was credited with the win. Um, Gotta love it. And he came in bases loaded, one out in the eighth, and you're up by one. And he gave up a sack fly that brought in the tying run, but that run doesn't get credited towards him anyway. Um, you know, it goes it goes towards Kale Davis's um, stuff. But he basically closed the door, and then in the ninth today, gave him no hope, didn't let any runners get on base, and that's huge, you know, when you're on the road against a team like that, like Vanderbilt. Just letting him get one runner on base, letting him have any hope can be very mm-hmm. dangerous, and he just shut the door, didn't give him a chance. Um, Medeiros was super good. He had a bit of a rough year in Miami last year, kind of got forced out of there. Wasn't a situation he was comfortable in, and he came in, and he had an explosive fastball and had a devastating curveball. And then today, Osmond looked way better. Last year, obviously, was not his year. I think that's a fair thing to say. It didn't go Bryce Osmond's way last year, but um, Coach Holiday today said that this was um, one of, if not Bryce Osmond's best um, outing that he's ever had here at OSU. Just from what he saw from his his slider, looked really good. Um, the fastball had some more command of it. And so I think the pitching was really good this weekend as well, and the offense came through when they needed to. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun year. And Gives me excited, man. I love yeah. baseball. Yeah, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun sport. I think Oklahoma State's going to be good, and they got a chance to uh, do something pretty special this year. So, um, You guys have Amazon Prime? You guys, uh, have you watched the new Reacher series? I watch, am I on? You're on. I watched the entire series or the entire season yesterday. No lie, I watched all eight. It, episodes. There's only eight episodes. So it took us. It took I us watched, two days because we started. We started watching it late Friday we, night. That no grit is what I'm hearing. Well, my you wife had. Didn't wanna, you didn't want to power through it. So my wife has to work 16 hour shifts over the weekend. She has to be up at at 5:30. Okay. And we started watching at eight, and they're hour long episodes. So, uh, when you work 16 hour shifts, waking up at five in the morning. You, sure you can't. People's lives? You can't. St- yeah. No. Well, that's exactly like what she was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what she was doing. No, I know. Um, yeah. I. I haven't seen it. It's so, a very. Have, do you know what Reacher's about? Or like what is? Okay, so. Yeah. <clears throat> I was skeptical going into. There's it. originally books. I think there's 26 books. Um, and this is based off of one. Yeah, this is based Thor. off of yeah one the first book or one of the books. Um, it was Lee, I, Lee Childs, if you're yeah Lee Childs. A few years ago, they made a movie. Made a few um, with Jack, Tom Cruise. Well, yeah, two two Jack Reacher movies. They were good. Um, and Tom Tom Cruise was the the star of that. Um, and this literally polar opposites between Tom Cruise's character and this Jack Reacher. Yeah, but I like I like I like the movies. They're good. Um, They're good. But and I, I was a big Reacher fan. No spoilers. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But no, um, if you are into the Jack Ryan type crime or um, kind of drama military police aspect of things. It's kind of like Jack Ryan, honestly. If, if anyone knows what Jack Ryan is. And it's on Amazon And Prime this too. is a series. It's like probably like an hour, 45 minutes to an hour per episode, yeah. I think. Um, I think I started probably watching it 5 p.m., 6 it's spe- p.m. It's spectacular. And you can I finished, power through it. I finished it at 2 a.m. So, I mean, you, you can, can watch all the episodes if you feel like in one night. Um, and, Big, and it's a very bingeable it is. show. Biggest so. surprise for you? Well, I don't want to spoil anything. Well, no, no, no. Like, you don't have to spoil, but like. Oh. Um. You mean just like with the plot or just or like any, how the show works? Yeah, anything. There were some twists in the show. Yeah. That, it was that good. Caught me. Yeah, like a good, a good amount of twists that were like where you could still follow along with everything. Uh, I will say it's now if you're a parent who has like little kids not a kid show yeah not not a kid show i would say i liked that part about it though because it made it more authentic in a way of like if it made it more there were reactions and like a gun yeah yeah i'd be weird oh no so the two the two things it made it more realistic in that case the two things that get me with and those are the two biggest surprise and they deal with that is it didn't feel like like obviously there uh there's adult aspects of it yeah like there's killing and there's blood and stuff but like it it almost felt like a show on Fox or or CBS like it when like when you hear the swears 
the way like the way it's shot and the way it's put together, you're like, well, that's kind of strange. He just said the f word, like, but it, it's it's good in a sense. Um, and there was a lot more nudity than I expected there to be. Uh, and typically, like, what, like two scenes, three, three. Yeah, you had the shower scene. Yeah, you had the strip club scene. Oh yeah, and, and then, then, then there's the... you had the full frontal male nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but also when it's, it's weird because typically when there's like uh like a naked scene, it's typically not like the lead female character. It's like a yeah. secondary character, which spoiler, I guess, kind of, um, may as well not even watch it anymore. Yeah, yeah, just, we just gave you the whole story. Gave me, line you just gave it all away. <laughs> but that was the, the adult theme. Like it, I'm not complaining, but like. When you when you go into it, the way it's shot, the yeah. way it's put together, it feels more like net uh, network television show than an internet show, and it's really good. It's probably this is probably the kind of show that you they would have before streaming services were around probably would have had this type of show on sh- network television, mm-hmm. but because now the streaming, they probably honestly were able to get more money out of it. Yeah, on streaming, on it feels so. it kind of it feels like a network show. It feels like something that would be on CBS. It has a it very much has a CBS show feel to it. If you if you've watched a CBS action show, it kind of has that feel to it. Um, super good. Marshall showed some excitement for a show that he did not show. Yeah, he when said me and you, you were talking you can, about you can, Book of Boba Fett. He's putting together an Ollie Gordon piece, yeah. and so that's what I was showing. Like he's sitting here in his mic. I had it. I had it muted. So. Uh, he's sitting there, click clacking away, and I'm like, "You guys seen Reacher?" And he's like, Whoa! "About fell out of he his chair." He threw some energy that, that he did not well, show. We're talking about this, Book of Boba Fett. Now, to the people, just for context, I have never seen Star Wars, and you feel like calling me out on Twitter. Go ahead, please can, call him we, out right we now. We can discuss. I've I've never seen any of the Star cool. Wars movies or any shows. shows or movies related to Star Wars. Like Mandalorian's out now. Y'all were talking about the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I have never seen any of these, right? So when they were talking about this, the names they were saying and like the, <laughs> the storylines and everything sounded like I was listening to a foreign language. Well, technically they are aliens. Well, that that was my point. Like the names you were Lo- talking Lo-Koon. about, I had zero idea what you. It sounded like you were speaking gibberish Pre-Vizla. to me. Right, yeah. Ezra and Grogu, and there you go. Like uh, I don't, okay. those are the two Gro- things. I Grogu picked up. is ba- uh, Baby Yoda. For yeah, those. so well, I, they were speaking a foreign language to me. Yeah, and Grand Admiral I, Thrawn. Yeah, Thrawn. That was one of them. I don't that, know. What's you should like there. that one because it's close to prawns, and you're from Nolans, so it's oh, it all gosh. goes together. Okay, but we'll no. get him to watch Star Wars eventually. I don't even I think like, I like shows and movies like Reacher more than I like shows. If you like Reacher, you'll love a show about a bounty hunter. Yep. Dog. There's a lot. The bounty hunter? Both no. <laughs> Mandalorian? I know. I, I, know. I, was just I will say, though, one, uh, one of the best podcasts. Like, I'm not deep, deep into listening to podcasts like I'm, some people I'm are. I'm not either. Um, I, I, as I ironically said here, recording a podcast. I know. Um, but there's uh, it's Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. Marshall and I, we listened to some on our way down to Houston for the Texas Bowl a few years ago. Um, he interviews, Dak Shepard interviews, uh, him and Monica Padman interview Dog the Bounty Hunter. Okay. And I, it used to be on Apple, but I think it's exclusively on Spotify now. It's like two and a half, three hours interview with Dog the Bounty Hunter, and it is spectacular. Really? And then he has an interview with uh, Sam Elliott. Okay. Sam Elliott's a hippie. Yeah. Fun fact. You know, he played... And and it, they ask him about it, like, well, you play this like super conservative cowboy, you know, and he was like, yeah, they pay me, <laughs> they pay me to do it, so it's a That's role. Crazy, it's a role. But yeah, like his mom was a hippie, and he's, you know, like, yeah, it's really cool. It's it, those are two of my favorite interviews. They're good. Sam Elliott and sounds cool. Dog the bounty hunter. You know what his real name is? Um, no. Dog. No. Richard. Like. Bonus points if you can if you can tell me what dog's full name is like real name. I don't even know if it's a birth name, but it's it's what his like his actual. No name. cheating, Marshall. Don't look it up. He's looking it up. It's Dwayne Chapman. It's Dwayne Lee Chapman. What's a middle name? D U not D W cool by name. the way. That's a pretty cool name. Dwayne, especially the middle name. How tall is he? Oh, he's like six three and a half, six That's four. He's five foot incorrect. seven. He's five seven. Yeah, I know. He's <laughs> it's it's very much. I really like, I really like the middle How name. How old is he? Oh, he's old. He's like he's guess. like sixty four, sixty five, sixty nine, sixty nine. He's got a good middle name. Four hundred and twenty grams. People who have that middle name are pretty cool. Mm. Lee. 
Fun fact, his two spouses have been Beth and Francie. Francie Frayne. R.I.P. Beth. Francie Frayne. I think think she died of cancer. I think it was cancer she died of. That's not good. R.I.P. Lee Childs, Reacher. Watch it. You like Lee. Okay. Watch watch Reacher. It's good. And watch, if you haven't watched Jack Ryan, you need to watch Jack Ryan. Because Jack Ryan, it's... it's Jack Ryan is also another very bingeable show that I'm still waiting on more seasons which of. Which, it took me a while to... Like, I didn't... It took me a while to watch it because it's John Krasinski. I was say, is that the one that's John Krasinski? Yeah, and I was, I was really, really skeptical because I haven't watched a lot of stuff with John Krasinski. He is a fantastic actor, especially... And in, in he's been in two or three of these, like, military... What was it? Uh, zero... It was not no, zero, not uh, zero is it seventeen hours or it's a it's a movie um, thirteen hours thirteen hours thirteen hours is another military he's, he's, he's like movie. Yeah, he's I know Navy, I watched he's um, a Navy SEAL. He's fantastic movie. I watched him in a Quiet Place. I haven't that, seen. That. I watched him in The Office. That was interesting. That movie is good. The Quiet Place. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Uh, so I I had watched thirteen hours and it's good, um, but I was still kind of skeptical going into going into Jack Ryan and it's good. He is. He is solid. He's way better than Chris Pine playing Jack oh, Ryan. Yeah. Oh yeah, but now you have a, you have an assignment. You know you gotta you gotta watch the Mandalorian, Marshall. Yep. And you can watch it with Ryan. It's fun stuff. I'll watch it again. Yeah, I'd watch it again. I'm gonna watch it again. I may go home and watch episodes five, six, and seven of the Book of Boba Fett tonight. Cool. Mm. I like those episodes. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's get out of here. Okay. What do you say? Sounds Marshall, good to you got any, me. got any closing got any closing remarks for the fine folks? Um, no, cool. I don't, I don't think so. Ryan, you got you, you got any closing remarks for our fine friends before I mute, mute your mic? Um, mute me. Cool. That's gonna do it for the Poke Support podcast. We're gonna get out of here. Uh, get a subscription to PokeSupport.com. Quality content, great content. Um non-biased leads, the best content you will find on Oklahoma State. Great premium content. So check us out, pokesport.com. Marshall, myself, Ryan, Robert Allen. Great content. That's all I can say. That's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. We will uh, talk to you next time. Hopefully it won't be another three and a half, four months. Let's hope not. Peace.